Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor and uh, today we are going to talk about uh, the services offered through Sexual Assault Services. Our guests today include Heidi Fairchild. She is the Program Coordinator for Sexual Assault Services. Becky Pekarinen is a board member and ladies, welcome to Community Focus. Thanks, Ken and Tess. We appreciate you having us today. Thanks. Heidi, we'll start with you. Uh, April actually is a month that we focus on sexual assaults uh, prevention and awareness. Right. April is Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month. Um, It's important that we speak about sexual violence all year long, but April is Awareness Month. So we came in to talk a little bit about what we do um, and some statistics yeah, well, I brought, I'm sorry, I brought Becky with me today. Um, she's one of our board members. Excellent. And well, this is, of course, a topic that not always easy, in fact, never really easy to talk about, but it's something that does need to be kept in the forefront because it is an issue, and it's probably more of an issue in our area specifically than most people would probably think and probably be surprised to know about. Definitely. When people know the numbers we serve, um, they actually get very shocked at the numbers, Um, People don't want to talk about sexual violence, sexual assault, rape, child sexual assault, because it's not a, you know, it's a not a taboo topic. You talk about sexual assault and people will put their eyes down or turn the other way. Mm -hmm. And sexual assault should not be a shame based crime for the victims. No, No. we should be able to talk about it Mm -hmm. because it is a problem for the community. It's a problem for all of us as a whole. Yeah. Uh, society, unfortunately, this continues to happen. Even, right. Even though, I mean, like you say, we don't even want to talk about it, and yet it continues to happen. Right. And silence um, enables, right? When, mm-hmm. we, when we don't talk about things, it enables it to continue. We're mm-hmm. enabling the perpetrators, and we're harming the victims. And the more we can get comfortable talking about it, the better we can improve the reactions to sexual assault, the more we can improve victims coming forward. Mm-hmm. All right. So we we kind of alluded to the fact we, we might think it doesn't happen in Little Brainerd, but it does, doesn't it? Every day. Um, it happens every day. We serve, you know, between two to 300, probably even more than that, a year. So I was on the drive over here today. I was thinking about it. And what it breaks down to is, you know, we... We don't get a call every day to serve a new victim, but it breaks breaks down to one call every day if you break the numbers down mm-hmm. of the services that we provide. Wow. Wow. And you're, you're, well, I was going to say, by saying what you're saying, it's an underreported crime then, isn't it? Very much so. Um, less than for a child. I'm skipping on my notes, but, yeah, good good thing to bring up is less than 12% of child sexual assaults are reported and Whoa. less than, probably less than 20% of sexual assaults are reported. Mm. 20% are reported. That yeah, probably, probably less than. Wow. Um, Statistic-wise, it's hard to track that because people don't report or under, you know, it's underreported. So we're guessing. What are the top reasons for people not, other than the obvious uncomfortable, but what, is the, what are the top reasons people don't report this as a crime or report this crime? The top reasons are nobody's going to believe them. Um, they're going to be blamed. Um, nothing's going to happen anyway. It might be that they don't want to get the person in trouble. Hmm. But more times 
um, nine out of ten times it's because the victim blaming that we have in our society and community. Mm -hmm. Um, It's tough. And when you come forward, you know, it's not an easy process. No. And also people don't know that we're here to walk beside them through from beginning to end as everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Tell us about the services that you offer when people do come forward. So we can get a call either from the hospital or law enforcement. Um, so we will go in if the victim wants us to from if they go in for a forensic exam. Um, so we'll go into the hospital and be beside them through the whole thing, let them know what their options are. And one important thing I like to talk about, um, if you go into the hospital for a forensic exam, you do not have to report. So we really want victims to know that, whether they're male, female, you can go in and get the exam, and you don't have to report at that time. That's your choice. Mm. You know, and it's important to go in for them exams, number one, to make sure that you have no injuries. You're okay. Yes. And no STDs, STIs, and also in case you do want to report so that um, forensic exam is there waiting if you decide to report later on. And whether it's reported or not, your services are available, correct? Exactly. We um, are there, like I said, to be beside the victims, whether they want to report, don't want to report, whether they want to just be able to talk to somebody, to know what their options are, to know what the process is through the court system. Um, And it's a long, drawn-out process. Mm -hmm. So we are there through the whole thing. We also provide... Uh, support groups and community education. I'm trying to think what else we provide. We provide yeah, everything you in do our a program. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if someone does report, do you help them uh, go That's to court right. and those type right. of things yeah. as well? Yeah, we will monitor the court cases. We will, if they don't want to go, we will go with them. Well, right now Zoom, so we'll sit with them, um, and we will go all the way through the process. Um, if it goes to trial, we will be beside them if that's what they want. We will help them with a victim impact statement. So we're there through the whole process and beyond. Some people keep in contact with us for years because healing is, is, you know, for everybody it's different. It's a journey. It can be a long journey. And there can be issues that arise or maybe they just have connected with us. So Mm -hmm. um, we will be with them forever if that's what they choose. What if someone's listening and, you know, think – Looking back and saying, I should have reported it, I should have done this, I'm still struggling with it, and it's kind of in the past now, can you help from this point on, or does this have to be from the onset of a specific incident? No. um, We've had people, especially over COVID with isolation, that Mm -hmm. past traumas have come up, and that happens often. I mean, I have never shared my story, um, but I mean publicly, and, and I don't intend to today. But I've shared with my coworkers, and there's still, you know, I'm in my 50s, so there's times where something might trigger me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I'm not healthy and happy and moving forward, but right. those traumas can be triggered. So we're always here. Wonderful. There is a cost, isn't there, when someone is sexually assaulted? Oh, yes. We have numbers um, that we talk about because people think that rape isn't out there and it's such an underreported crime. So recent estimates put the lifetime cost of a rape at $122,461 per victim. Whoa. And that's just probably getting numbers from people who've reported. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now let's explain that. Break that down, if you can, a little bit. The cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking about um, whether it's whether it's medical costs, loss of productivity through the criminal justice system, activities, um, loss of wages, wow. all those different things, um, and a bunch of different factors make up that number. Right. right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. annually, rape costs the U.S. more than any other crime, $127 billion. Wow. Billion so, with a B. Yes, billion dollars. Dang. Annually. And mm-hmm. it's more than any other crime. So think about that, because sexual assault is the most underreported crime. And this, these are numbers that are reported. Right. So that is actually scary. It is. Extremely shocking. Yep. So $127 billion, and then followed by assault at $93 billion, murder at $71 billion, and drunk driving at $61 billion. So that gives you a perspective of what sexual assault does and how it does affect everybody. Right. Do you see even minors in uh, through your job? Yes, we work with uh, children all the way up to um, whatever age. I mean, we've worked with the elderly, like in their 80s um, oh and, and more. So we work with victims of all ages. We work with both male and female. Um, I just had a call the other day, and it's like, do you work with males? And I'm like, of course we do. We work mm-hmm. with everybody. Um, with males, it's underreported also. I would think I'm guessing so. more so even than female. Yes, it's hard for males to reach out. I mean, it's hard for all victim survivors to reach out. But with males, there's that stigma. So it's hard Mm -hmm. and we're here for them. And what do you say to someone who might be listening and sitting on the fence of, okay, this happened to me recently. I don't know what to do. What's the first step that these folks should take to get, first of all, to take care of themselves and and to to start that process? Well, it depends if it's recent, recent and... um, you know, there's still a chance to collect evidence for a forensic exam. I will offer that they could go to the emergency room, mm-hmm. and we would go with them and meet them there. Mm-hmm. Um, if that is not an option, um, the first thing that we should really do for a victim is listen, um, and then let them know what their options are. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've also heard the statistic that, uh, and it's, I, I just think it's horrible, but most uh, folks that are sexually assaulted, they know the person who is assaulting them. Yes, over 90% of sexual assault, sexual violence occurs by somebody that we know. You know, so in the old days, stranger danger, yeah. um, even with children, um, most cases are somebody they know. And has been grooming them, possibly. Right. And 30% of that is a family member. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think we heard through um, during the pandemic and so many people, you know, maybe out of work and uh, uh, there was a term for it. And I can't even remember it now, but it's like barter. Mm. Yes. um, Exploitation. Yeah. People are taken advantage of, uh, you know, if you want to stay in the apartment and food, call it what you will. Clothing, gifts. Yes. Mm -hmm. So people don't realize, too, with sexual assault services, because it says sexual assault, they're assuming we work with just rape or sexual Mm -hmm. assaults. But we work with people um, who've been victims of all sex crimes. So whether it's exploitation, trafficking, trafficking, voyeurism, sexual harassment, 
sexual assault, rape, child abuse, or child sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, whatever a sex crime, we will work with you. Uh, Heidi, talk a little bit about your funding and... Uh Maybe Becky can chip in on this because uh, Sexual Assault Services is still a nonprofit organization, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it funded by the state or county? Where do you get your funding? Oh, great question. Um, our grant funding is very competitive. Our state funding, we have two-year grants, and others are, are one-year grants. So our state and federal funding is our OJP, or VOCA, which stands for the Office of Justice Programs and Victims of Crime Act. And then we get funding from the Otto Bremer Grant, the Hallett Charitable Trust, and lots of fundraising and donations from others. Yeah, and I know your signature event uh, happens, I want to say, in August every year. Yep, Walk a Mile in Her Shoes is scheduled. We are actually starting our committee meetings, so it will be on August 27th. And for those who are not familiar with that event, it's kind of putting a a fun twist on a very serious topic. Right. Um, One thing... One thing that Walk a Mile focuses on, Walk a Mile in Her Shoes, is um, for men to put on some high heels and, and walk a mile. And actually, I was looking at it last year because I'm a runner, and I'm like, they're not even walking a mile. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> most people do it in heels. They don't have to, but mm-hmm. it's it's more back in the old days, it was like a men's march. But, it, you know, we're we men, women, children walk with us. So. You know, it's nice to see some of the officials that we see, law enforcement in those, and um, some nice high heels. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, yeah, it's a fun <laughs> event. Mm-hmm. It's one of our bigger ones. And it usually takes place right here in Baxter, right? Yep, right over at Mills Ford. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, we'll look forward to that again. Uh, how about uh, your staff? Do you have volunteers? Is there a way that someone can help, or is there training required? Or Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, right now we have, well, our board is big. We have a wonderful board um, of volunteers. I think there are 15 on our board of directors right now. Um, great. It took a while to build our board, and we do have a wonderful board. We're still always looking for board members because people come and go. Mm -hmm. Um, We do. We have a couple um, volunteers that assist with on-call. They're not fully trained yet because they have to shadow with us to the hospital, and and so they're ready Mm -hmm. to go. We have... Um, our executive director is Marianne Washburn. Myself is program coordinator, and we have one other full-time advocate, Brianna. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we're lacking um, in is staff. And through our funds and our fundraisers, we're hoping we've we've found a way that we're working on to be building some income for our program. So what we're looking to do is expand because in order to go out there and do prevention, we have to have staff because direct services come first in our office no mm-hmm. matter what. Right. Yeah. And I would think that the prevention part of this is truly education, starting right in the schools to let uh, both you know men and women know what is right and wrong when it comes to this, right? Definitely, because even though this is a really hard topic and it's a dark topic and people don't like to talk about it, sexual violence is preventable. It really is, and it starts young, and it starts with us talking about healthy relationships, talking about consent, talking about privacy and, and how, you know, with young kids and how it's okay to talk about this issue. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say no to people. Yes, and no means no. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is hard getting into um, 
be able to talk about this because people think we're going to talk about sex to your kids. We're not. It starts with healthy relationships. It starts with positive self-image. It starts with knowing boundaries. Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to talk to our children about this. And do you guys go into the schools or is there a program where um, you know schools do incorporate you or is that left to something else? Um, we should be um, going into the schools um, with COVID, it's really, you know, because I'm not going to yes. say no, the schools won't let us in because that would be not right right, um, and not the truth. But with COVID, it's set back. So yeah. hopefully we're working up to being able to go back into the schools this next school year coming in. Okay. And again, the focus is on those things you just mentioned. Consent, healthy relationships, boundaries, yeah. huge, um, you know, secrets versus privacy, mm-hmm. those kinds of issues. Yep. Very good. All right. Yeah. And are you easy to find? How do I, if someone wants to talk more? 218-828-0494 is our phone number, and we are offices here in Brainerd on Northwest 5th Street. Okay. And I would think, uh, do you have a web presence at all? If- we do. Um, s- SASMN.org is our website. Okay. S-A-S-M-N. Yeah. S-A-S for M-N. Sexual Assault Services. Okay. So SASMN.org. Cool. And I also just wanted to throw out there that for Sexual Assault Awareness, we had ordered a whole bunch of books, um, actual children's books for parents or guardians or whoever to be able to reach out and talk about the subject with their children. So if you want to um, give me a call, make sure I'm in the office, but stop by and look through our books and pick up one um, because it's really important to start young. And we also and when have, you say young, how old are you talking? We're talking from the time that they can start talking and, you know, even before. Okay. Because we've seen, you know, the earlier we start with this, mm-hmm. the more knowledgeable these children are, even knowing about consent. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't force them to hug somebody if they don't want to. Right. Um, the earlier, the better off we are as a society to be able to be openly talking about this. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yep. Ladies, we're out of time, but I want to say thank you so much for being here to talk about this important subject. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back to talk more about Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, Heidi. Thank you very much. All thank right. you. Our guests today, Heidi Fairchild is the program coordinator for sexual assault services. Becky Pecorinen is the, is a board member for sexual assault services. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found on our website anytime. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.